Welcome to Jane Unchained, featuring best-selling author, TV journalist, and JaneUnchained.com founder, Jane Velez Mitchell. In the next few minutes, you'll hear a secret solution to the problems that plague our world. If you want to revolutionize your life, get truly joyful, and jump to the next phase of human evolution, all it takes is one simple choice. Now, here's your host, Jane Velez Mitchell. And good day to you. You know, we say we are a nation of animal lovers, right? We love our animals, don't we? Well, guess what? I'm not so sure. I'm not so sure because what we do to these animals that are not dogs and cats uh, is horrific. Absolutely horrific. I would say we're a nation of dog and cat lovers. And even then, even then. You know, when they become inconvenient, we drop them off at the pound after telling them they're family members over and over again. Uh, We are a nation of hypocrites when it comes to animals. And we've got Exhibit A going on in Florida. Absolutely horrific. We are delighted to have Ashley Byrne from PETA with us today to talk about an abomination going down in Florida a mass slaughter of iguanas that doesn't need to happen <laughs> and is just um, causing global outrage. Tell us about it, Ashley. Thank you, Jane. Um, so glad to be on with you today to, to discuss this. Well, the Florida Wildlife Commission has set in motion a wide-ranging call for the mass slaughter of iguanas. Um, because they're saying that these iguanas are overpopulated. Um, They're calling for homeowners, uh, for for just residents, citizens, to kill these iguanas. And this is going to result in cruel and humane deaths for so many animals. It will have no significant impact on the population, and it's simply not a solution. Um, it's, It's... so frustrating to, um, you know, to see this happening because really at this point, there is no solution to, uh, you know, to, to this problem that they're trying to solve. The Florida Wildlife Commission has done too little too late. Um, you know, they, they need to come to terms with the fact that iguanas are here to stay as part of the Florida landscape and we need to learn to peacefully coexist. And get into some of the ways that this that this happened, but um, you know, really, uh, this is absolutely no way to uh, you know to address what they are saying is overpopulation of iguanas. And you are urging everyone to give a call to Ken Kip Frolick of Florida Fish and Wildlife at eight five zero. Four eight eight three eight three one. Can you read that straight up, or is it backwards? Ah, uh, let's see. No, that that looks looks good to me. You might want to inch it up a tiny bit so people can see the bottom. That you okay, know. Okay, yeah, there it is. Call Florida Fish and call, Wildlife. Call Florida Fish and Wildlife. I called this morning and I asked for Ken Frolick. They put me through. The um, secretary, the uh, assistant, was very nice and polite. And she took my number and then she called me back and said, I'm going to send a statement and we're waiting for the statement. 850-488-3831. Call. Call if you think urging a state 
full of citizens, millions and millions of people to go out and just indiscriminately slaughter iguanas is a stupid and b barbaric and medieval. And guess what? Guess what? At the very same time, you can still buy iguanas in the pet shops in Florida. And that's the problem. There is a great article here from the South Florida Sun Sentinel that says, even though iguanas are on Florida's hit list, you can still buy them. Snakes at Sunset of Miami sells baby iguanas for $19.99 and offers an albino green iguana for $1,249. Underground Reptiles of Deerfield Beach carries a range of sizes and prices selling babies for $9.99 with a buy three, three, get one free offer. Strictly Reptiles of Hollywood pays hunters to catch them locally. And we invite any of these stores on. It's, I mean, what idiocy! These are escape pets that they're now urging everyone to slaughter indiscriminately. And the reason that we have that there's an iguana problem, which I don't even know how much of a problem it is, because what exactly do iguanas do that's so terrible? Um, But that if they want to control it, wouldn't the smartest thing, Ashley, be to first go and outlaw the sale and purchase of them? Yes. Jane, you just you just hit a few extremely important points that I'd like to address. First of all, um, this this is a problem created by the exotic pet trade. Um, The exotic pet trade is entirely responsible for this situation. And until, um, until that is dealt with, this will continue to be a problem and the problem will continue to grow. People buy iguanas and other um, exotic reptiles, you know, very often on a whim. And then when they get tired of them, when they realize that it's actually a lot of work that, you know, it's, it's not just, you know, an entertaining thing to have, to have an exotic reptile in your house. You actually need to do quite a bit of work to take care of them. People just release them into the wild. And, you know, the commission should have taken action um, and, and, and ban the personal possession of iguanas and, and sale in, in the pet trade years ago when it first became obvious that they were being released and, and that they were, th- were thriving in the wild. So it boggles the mind why the commission has not used all the tools in its regulatory toolbox to curb the population of iguanas, especially by you know, stemming the tide where it's, where it's starting um, with the sale of these animals. Um, you know, and these animals are just trying to survive. They don't appear to be having any significant impact on the native flora or fauna. You ask what the what what problem they're causing. The only real so-called problem seems to be on um, landscaping. You know, it just seems to be on on you know uh, on affecting landscaping, which. That is no excuse to be killing these animals. They are not out there through any fault of their own. They, you know, they got out there through our irresponsible choices. And now that they're out there and, and the populations are thriving, we need to find a way to peacefully coexist with them, not slaughter them and at the same time, let them keep flowing, uh, you know, in, into the ecosystem from people who buy them from pet stores and then get sick of them and let them go. Well, you know, the question is, 
in terms of our own survival as a species, to quote Dr. Selesh Rao, are we a monumentally stupid species? Because this seems like just plain old idiocy. You let a population get out of control, you're asleep at the wheel, then you say, okay, everybody, go out and kill them. Uh, People who have absolutely no idea how to kill an iguana, and so you're encouraging sort of this callousness. Meanwhile, people can still go buy them in the store. Right. You know, if you put this on a piece of paper and read it in front of maybe the Florida Fish and Wildlife Conservation Commission, people would say, well, that's really stupid. I mean, it's, it's stupid, but it's cruel and it's mean. It's nasty. It's sadistic. It's vicious. It's thoughtless. There is really no reason to operate this way. And unfortunately, this mentality of kill, 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 kill our problems away is at work all across America and the world. And it's one of the reasons why we, as human species, may not survive. We are killing wildlife at an extraordinary rate. The biggest culprit is animal agriculture. We're destroying forests to grow Uh, crops to feed 70 billion pigs and chickens that we kill every year. Um, And uh, we're destroying forests to have cattle grazing land when animal agriculture is the most inefficient food source on the planet. Animals eat 40 times at least what they produce as meat or dairy. Um, And, and so that's not smart. And then we, we add this sort of killing mentality on top of it. Oh, you move into a wild area where there's a lot of coyotes and then you see a coyote. Let's kill all the coyotes. Right. This yeah. really sick, arrogant, entitled mentality that we're the only species that counts and that every other species really, if they pose any inconvenience, could just be wiped out. And it's stupid because when we destroy all nature and the species in nature, we will have an ecological collapse that will make large portions of planet Earth uninhabitable, and it could happen within a decade. And Jane, you're right. You know, we we have to realize that when we move into these, you know, these areas, these beautiful areas um, where wildlife are already living, we're displacing them. And so when we see them, when they come into our yards, when we see them around our neighborhoods, Instead of viewing them as a nuisance, we need to respect the fact that we came into to the areas that they live in, that every time we build a house in, you know, in, in an area like that, we're taking space away from them. We need to find a way to peacefully coexist with them. You know, they were, in, in most cases, they were there first. Um, they're only trying to survive. And if we make responsible decisions... Um, you know, if we bring our cats and dogs indoors, if we, um, you know, keep our, you know, lids on our trash, if we limit the amount of, uh, you know, if we, if we watch carefully to be sure that there isn't, um, you know, food and litter around. I mean, we can manage our, our you know, uh, our interactions with wildlife in our neighborhoods um, if, if we make responsible choices. There is no need for lethal action against animals who are who are just trying to live, who are just trying to survive, and who are just so often being um, pushed desperate 
you know, into desperate places because of human activity. So um, I want to urge everyone not to interrupt, but we are doing an hour show centered around the mass slaughter of iguanas in Florida being called for by the Florida Fish and Wild Conservation Commission. I'm Florida Fish and Wildlife Conservation Commission. What an ironic name. It's the Conservation Commission and they are they are calling on a mass slaughter. They are literally urging the people of Florida to go out and slaughter these animals indiscriminately because they were asleep at the wheel and allowed the population to get out of control. These are the, the, the problem stems from escape pets. Okay, call 850-488-3831. That's 850-488-3831. Let Kip Froelich know how you feel about this. Okay, we've got a caller, Shannon from Florida. Your question or thoughts, Shannon? Hi, Jane. Yeah, I live in Florida, and I found out about this a little while back. Um, there's actually an Iguana Killers Club, and it's just so disappointing and sad to know that members of our own species can be so cruel and lack so much empathy and compassion that, that this is something that not only are people doing, but now it's being endorsed. It's, it's absolutely insane. And as soon as I get done talking to you, I'm going to call that number right away, and I hope everybody else does the same. Thank you, Shannon. And, you know, the people of Florida are good people. Um, we stopped the bear hunt down there. Uh, and that was something that just brought people out onto the streets. Remember that case? That there was a Florida yes. bear hunt and they thought they could get away with it. And people just literally flooded the streets with protests. That's what we need down there right now. We need protests as well. We need a protest outside the Florida Fish and Wildlife Conservation Commission. And they're invited on. I call. I never ask anybody to call without calling first. I call Kip Froelich this morning at 850-488-3831. I urge everybody to call. They work for us. Remember, they work for us. And this is their job to take calls from citizens. And I spoke to a very nice lady. The assistant was very polite. Then she called me back, which I appreciate because a lot of times it's just click. And she said, what's your email? And I'm waiting for an email from Kit Froelich of the Florida Fish and Wildlife Conservation Commission. Call and let them know these iguanas cannot speak for themselves. Is there any plan by Peter to take legal action to stop this? Um, that's a good question, Jane. You know, um, I, I don't know. Um, but say that, um, you know, we, we absolutely do encourage uh, people to call and especially we encourage people in Florida to call. And I also just want to make the point, you know, for anyone who, who is calling about this, that one of the, obviously, you know, PETA opposes lethal measures because they're cruel, but we also oppose them because they have been proven again and again to be ineffective in controlling populations of um, un unwanted animals. Um, lethal, lethal methods don't work. And if they, you know, if they did, we wouldn't see so many places where year after year, there's this call to, you know, to thin populations of animals because they are uh, supposedly overpopulated. Um, it doesn't work. What works is finding ways to peacefully coexist letting ecosystems regulate themselves and stopping these problems at the source by doing things like cracking down on the exotic uh, pet trade um, and, you know, and, and other 
measures to make sure that these animals aren't getting out into the ecosystems in the first place. If you see me looking down, it's because I'm sharing this video. I urge you to share it with uh, everyone uh, because we need all people to call. You know, it's not just Florida. This mentality affects the entire country. And if they get away with this, who knows what they're going to plan next. And, um, you know, uh, here's the thing that, um, that I find fascinating is that there are other species that it's illegal to buy in Florida. And I'm looking for that yes. right there. And so they could put this on the no-buy list. That's, that's yes. crazy, lazy, crazy, lazy. You can still buy a live iguana in Florida despite the state's call on homeowners to kill any on their property. Anyone in Florida with a credit card and a desire for a five-foot lizard can buy one for $179.99, guaranteed live delivery overnight by mail. I mean, and Jane, you're right. You know, actually, the commission, the, uh, the Wildlife Commission banned the personal possession of Burmese pythons and certain other reptiles a number of years ago you know, for similar reasons. So they absolutely need to take that same step now with regard to iguanas. Um, as long as these animals are a commodity, we're going to keep seeing this problem, them being bought and sold and released. So, um, you know, that, that that is a common sense solution to address this. Yeah, and uh, one of the people I believe who, who owns a store says, uh, this is just to give their side. It's not going to make any difference about what's in the wild. Those animals are there and they're thriving. We're still going to have an overpopulation. This is South Florida. The amount we sell essentially is insignificant. Uh, but she also criticized the state's call on landowners to kill them. She said it's an entirely inhumane and wrong approach. Open season for the public to kill iguanas is not a solution. It's a new set of problems. If I went in my front yard and saw somebody clumbing an iguana, I would be disgusted. It's not a solution. So, you know, Here's the other issue is that we feel that seeing animals is a problem. I honestly don't know what problems iguanas cause. Um, you know, uh, birds, we, we don't have enough birds. The chirping of birds is decreasing because we're destroying the wildlife bird population with all the poisons we're putting out to kill rats. You know, right. they go all the way up the ecosystem. Um, I see squirrels. But I don't see raccoons. I don't see a lot of other animals that used to be uh, around. And that's because we are killing wildlife vertebrates at an extraordinary rate. And Dr. Selesh Rao actually says that at the rate we're going, we're going to have virtually no wildlife vertebrates, no wild animals with bones on this planet except in zoos. So I urge everyone who, and when that happens, when we get to that year zero, uh, there's going to be an ecological collapse. And then large swaths of our planet will become uninhabitable. Uh, we, we fail to realize that less than a third of the planet's surface is Earth. Okay, it's a very finite amount of land. And we are destroying it, destroying it for what we think of as convenience and entitlement. We're entitled to this, we're entitled to that. And we're entitled to kill iguanas because they annoy us. Um, why do they even annoy us? What exactly? It's I, I don't understand the, the mentality of wanting to kill these iguanas. 
Where did this come from? Do we know where it stemmed from? Did somebody who has a lot of money say, oh, I went out to my front yard and I saw a lot of iguanas and it, when I went to Costa Rica, the reason people go to Costa Rica and they enjoy it is because you go out in the front and you see crabs and iguanas and birds and all sorts of wildlife. People pay for that experience. I've been absolutely thrilled when I visited Florida and I've seen iguanas. Um, I, I, it was so exciting. Um, you know, I, I, it really seems that the only um, so-called problem that these iguanas are, are uh, causing is that they, you know, it's affecting some of the landscaping, um, you know, uh, that, that people have. What does that mean even? I mean, and that's, and that's the thing that is, um, that is absolutely no excuse uh, for, that's, just no excuse whatsoever for harming these animals. Let me tell you something. We're going to have to come up with a new concept of, of landscaping if we want our species to survive. We're going to take a short break. We've got some callers lined up on the other side. We're here with Ashley Byrne of People for the Ethical Treatment of Animals. Ashley is one of the leading uh, activists in the world, um, and she has done incredible uh, protests and other events all across uh, the United States. We're going to take a brief break, but we're staying live on Facebook and we'll be back in a second on Voice America Radio. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. Tune in to the Tony D'Urso Show with key influencers for entertaining and thought-provoking weekly discussions with some of the top stars in their fields. From business, sports, and science to entertainment, music, and literature, Tony's guests share their success and give their wisdom. If you're looking to manifest your vision and see how others have done so, be sure to listen to the Tony D'Urso Show every Friday at 2 p.m. Pacific Time, 5 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencer channel you have a message you want to share that message you want it to be social to go viral and spread across the planet but how do you get started tune into amplify featuring host ken roshan this show is here to help you take that message and channel it through the most effective marketing techniques to not only be successful but have a positive impact on the world Tune in live Monday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time and 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel and get amplified. We don't follow, we lead. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. You are listening to Jane Unchained. To reach the show today, call in to 1 866 472 5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email in to News at gmail.com. Now back to the show. Welcome back. We are here with Ashley Byrne of People for the Ethical Treatment of Animals and our mascot, Little Rico, here. We call ourselves a nation of animal lovers, and yet we do the most barbaric, medieval, cruel things right now. Global uproar over Florida's call. The Florida government calling for people to just go out and kill iguanas. Just go out and kill them. Because we were asleep at the wheel and we let the population get out of hand. Meanwhile, they're too lazy to even start legislation 
uh, or a rule to ban the sale of iguanas because this problem stems from the exotic animal trade and escape pets and pets that were who were discarded because people uh, are lazy and realize iguanas are a lot of work. We've got Lisa Carlin from Thousand Oaks on the phone. Uh, Lisa, what's your question or thought? Well, I was looking up exactly if they are a nuisance, why are they a nuisance? So I found a Washington Post article from March of 2018, and it says that they tend to colonize in man-made canals, and uh, that they, if they uh, happen to get into uh, the water streams or in people's pools, they're saying there can be salmonella. But I don't know, I mean, if, in order to make that kind of statement, then you have to have um, evidence that shows people are suffering from salmonella. I think they just don't like them. Um, I haven't seen anything substantive in this article except that the university, the university's work um, was, uh, uh, was underwritten by the commission, which is the commission that's calling for the extermination of them, and they paid $63,000 for a research project running through May, this would be 2018, that has to do with weighing and measuring the carcasses. So it's, it's not clear to me what the problem is and why people can't do what they do to keep other, I mean, iguanas are reptiles, but how do people keep rodents out of their, their land? I mean, there's all kinds of ways to protect your vegetation. I don't know why we're not doing that. Uh, I, I, I mean, I, I'm like, I'm blown away by the sheer medieval mindset. That's what really gets me. There are creative solutions that wouldn't involve killing these animals. First of all, we are going to have to deal with our attitude toward landscaping if we want to survive as a species. You know what's really a threat to Florida? It's not iguanas, it's agriculture. Look, I worked in Florida. My first job out of college was at Fort Myers, Florida. And I hate to say, but it was 1977. And um, the Caluciachi River is a beautiful river that leads right into the Gulf of Mexico and Fort Myers Beach. The last time I was in Florida, which uh, unfortunately, Hendry County right near Fort Myers is the center of some laboratory monkey breeding facilities and we had protests against them. It was too contaminated to go swimming in Fort Myers Beach. There was uh, a, a contamination problem which Fort Myers Beach is a major tourist destination, as is Captiva and Sanibel and Naples Island. And there was a problem where people couldn't go swimming. The problem is all the stuff, the horrible stuff, the poisons, the toxins, the chemicals that we are putting into the ground to have pretty landscaping and agricultural um, uh, chemicals so that we can... Uh, so that people who want to eat animals and animal byproducts can eat them. All of that, that runoff from all that horror is going into the Caloosahatchee River, which feeds into the Gulf of Mexico. So iguanas are not the problem. The problem, and we're going to see more and more of this, flesh-eating bacteria where people go swimming and they get sick and die because we are using our waterways as toilets. They are toilets for chemicals. They are toilets for animal feces, okay? I mean, animals produce so much more feces than human beings. We're 7.7 .7 billion humans. We raise and kill in institutional torture 70 billion land animals, all of whom are excreting 
And that excretion, which we all know, it starts with an S and ends with a T, ends up going into our waterways. And yet, and yet, we don't want to look at that. What we want to look at is, oh, the iguanas. It's, it, it, it's really, honestly, I, I keep coming back to the word stupidity. I'm sorry, but there's a certain stupid factor in this, Ashley. Jane, you make such a great point. Um, the fact that we, you know, we are willing to demonize, um, you know, certain species of animals like iguanas when, um, you know, we feel that they're becoming a mild nuisance. Um, and yet, you know, just these giant, environmentally devastating um, you know, businesses, I mean, the, you know, the, the animal agriculture industry um, just is wreaking havoc on our water, our soil, our air. I mean, just absolutely destroying the environment. Um, that, that, you know, that should be the conversation. That should be the headline. You know, it, it, we should be taking action to address that um, long before we are turning our attention to the fact that, you know, that a handful of iguanas are eating, you know, landscaping. I mean, it, it's really absurd um, when, Kelly, when you think Kelly, about Kelly, what, what we're prioritizing here. Yeah, I didn't mean to cut you off, but we got some call. We got some tons of comments here. Kelly Cusienda says the Caloosahatchee River is still nasty. I live in Fort Myers, Florida. Yes, uh, it, it, it really is a problem. It's so beautiful down there. It's so beautiful. And they're destroying it with the agricultural runoff and the chemicals because you want to go play golf and you want to have a perfect lawn. It's really um, not smart. I mean, you know, golf, I don't know the history of golf, but I know my dad was a very good golfer. And uh, in Ireland, you know, when they play golf, it, I don't know that it has to be perfect. In other words, the history of golf was kicking a ball, shooting a ball, hitting a ball through, through the grasslands. And yet we have this obsession with everything having to be so perfect that we're putting all these chemicals into the ground to make these perfect golf courses. And that's also part of the runoff. We've got another caller, Danny in Portland. Your question or thought, Danny? Jane, Ashley, thank you so much for doing this. I actually did just call, and even though I don't live in Florida, when I, just listening to this, I'm, I'm appalled, and I'm just, uh, it's just so depressing. So I did call, and then they transferred me, I think, to the uh, Invasive Species Department. So then I had a conversation about that. And even though she was very nice, she was also, the consciousness there is really needs a change, because she she literally had to speak of how it's an invasive species. They're not native, and so of course I had to say, "Well, we're we're the invasive species." And so now I'm going to get transferred. They're going to call back and email and all this. And and when I asked where Kip Froelich was, they said he's in Tallahassee. But really, I felt like the the response that I got, even though she's not in a position to give a formal response. It was clear that the consciousness is really neat, is a lot left to be desired. And I love what you said about golf courses being, you know, just they're toxic in every way. It, there's something really wrong with our system, really wrong. Absolutely, Danny. And it, we've just got to get the concept of perfection. 
and it, it runs through our entire society. And once again, while we're getting into this discussion, I urge everyone who cares about animals, who cares about the planet, who cares about kindness, who cares about not traumatizing children or anybody. I mean, if I saw somebody clubbing an iguana to death on the street, I'd be horribly traumatized. I think they could have class action suits from parents who uh, whose kids are traumatized. I feel that there's a potential for legal action here. I really do. I think this is um, so medieval and barbaric that somebody needs to come up with a way to stop this. Call this number, 850-488-3831, 850-488-3831. Ask for Kip, Kip Froelich, even though he is not there. Apparently, he's in Tallahassee. Who knows where he is? Maybe he's out clubbing an iguana himself. But the point is that they work for us. The Florida Fish and Wildlife Commission works for us. It's America. So- and Jane, can I just say quickly again, I, you know, for, for the people who are calling in, just a couple of, of very clear things they can ask for. Um, the commission needs to work with experts in reptile veterinary medicine and welfare to develop specific instructions for humane methods if they're going to be calling on people to kill these animals. But much more importantly, um, at this point, the commission needs to focus its efforts on curbing the population through methods that inhibit reproduction, and they need to better educate the public on how to minimize conflicts with iguanas. So those are a couple of things that people can address if they're calling in, those that you can ask for. Well, the first thing they should do is ban the sale of iguanas. Absolutely. Like I say, 100%. Are they children running this or Children would know. Wow. You think there's too many iguanas? Well, let's stop selling them. Let's yes. stop buying them. But they're selling them as we speak. And in right. fact, we know from psychological studies when something's in the news a lot, okay, that it has a tendency to put people's minds on it. So the sale of iguanas is probably going up right now. We've seen that often when there's a story I've been in the news, but was in the news business for, for many years. When there's a story, it's ironic, but it's a story about some horror happening in some place in the world. All of a sudden the tourists want to go there because it's on their mind. They start thinking about it. They start researching it and they go, Oh, look, there's actually something great about this. And the tourism goes up. And so it's the same thing with these iguanas. It's, it's probably, um, you know, a, a, a boon for the iguana sellers because they haven't thought the process through to even ban the sale of iguanas. And the problem stems from escape pet iguanas reproducing. I mean, I urge people in Florida, don't kill the iguanas, okay? Don't, you don't have to listen every time the government says something. You know, that's America. We don't have to do that. It's not mandatory that we kill the iguanas. It's something that our very, I think, sociopathic government just suggested because I think it's intellectual laziness, frankly, and and short-sightedness because we know it's not going to deal with the problem. You can't kill your way out of a problem of overpopulation. It doesn't work. Okay. So uh, the best alternative is to stop the source and the source is the exotic pet trade. And so what, what I would think would be somebody, somebody smart could start picking up these iguanas and create an iguana sanctuary. And, you know, we have an issue in Puerto Rico with pot-bellied pigs. Okay. Uh, Pot-bellied pigs, 
that the USDA wanted to go in and just indiscriminately slaughter. And uh, it became a big issue because people were rescuing the pigs and creating a sanctuary for them. And then when they said they they heard that the government was going to come in and just slaughter them indiscriminately, they literally took down the sanctuary and let them go because they felt that they would have a better chance surviving on the streets than they would just being in pens, you know, in a, in a sanctuary place if the USDA was going to come in and just slaughter them. So this slaughter mentality does not end with the iguanas. It's happening everywhere. And we, the people, have to stand up and say, no. We, are, we don't want to just have this normalized violence. This is normalized violence. And what is the definition of homicide? It's killing, not in self-defense. So this is just wanton homicide of a species because this species has decided it's inconvenient. And actually, in killing these animals, we, we may end up killing ourselves as a species. We may, you know, you people think of extinction as dinosaurs, but we're, we're an animals and our species could go extinct. It could very well go extinct. What we're seeing with climate change now is a tea party. It's going to get a lot worse. And all the scientists are saying it when the sea levels rise and the waters warm, the hurricanes, the storms, the tornadoes, all of it. Then in the drought stricken areas, the fires, not to mention that the immigration crisis, um, it's overlooked that these are subsistence farmers who can't farm in their areas anymore because of extreme weather conditions. And actually, I believe it was Nicholas Kristof went down there and explored that and determined that and came back. And I heard it on MSNBC. Oh, only three years too late, but at least he finally started talking about it. If, they, if they've been growing crops on their land for, for centuries and all of a sudden they can't grow crops because it goes from extreme drought to extreme winds to extreme rains, then what are they supposed to do? They're farmers. They're going to move. They're going to go to the cities. This is happening all over the world. We are going to have environmental, political, and economic chaos. And who's causing it? We are. We talk about the pollution that China's causing. Guess what? All the stuff they're making is mostly for us. Okay? They're making stuff that they're selling to us. We are the ultimate source of the pollution. We're the ultimate source of the plastics. We are the ultimate source of the uh, climate change. Us here in the United States of America with our obsession with having perfect lawns and all the latest gadgets. And, um, you know, it's just, it's insane. Well, and Jane, you know, you make such, I feel like when we talk about these things, it's so easy to feel overwhelmed by these huge problems. Um, and I think that it's really important for people to realize that as enormous as these problems are, so many of them start with, um, you know, just decisions that we're making in our everyday lives. And, you know, it, it obviously it takes a lot of people making the right decisions, um, you know, to, uh, to start to, to turn the tide. But, I, you know, we should not feel helpless. Like we, there are so many things we can do. Um, we can, we can go vegan and we can, um, you know, set an example for our neighbors by dealing humanely with wildlife and learning to peacefully coexist with wildlife in our own yards and, 
and, you know, telling our neighbors how they can make modifications to, to do the same. I had a party here for friends who had gotten married. They wanted to have a uh, wedding party, but they'd already been married. We had 50 Beyond Meat Burgers. And these were non-vegans who came in, relatives of the bride and the bride. And everybody loved them. People yeah. Who never taste them. They're going, these aren't meat. These are right. Yeah. You know, Beyond Meat. Uh, has figured out a way to make ta- something taste like meat because it, you know, Ethan Brown, the CEO of Beyond Meat, says meat's compounds. It's uh, amino acids, it's water, it's lipids, and it's something called heme, which gives the meaty taste and the flavor. And you put those together, you can have meat without killing the animal. A genius. All right, we are going to take a brief break. We're going to be back in one second with our final segment here on Voice America Radio with People for the Ethical Treatment of Animals, Ashley Byrne. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. Sustainable success is just around the corner. If you are an entrepreneur, business leader, or anybody looking for their next level of success, tune into Sustainable Success with host Chris Salem. Did you know that the path to success is a long path that started many years ago? The path you started on then determines what is happening now. Chris and his amazing guests in their field will help you navigate the path to sustainable success every Thursday at 12 noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Influencers Channel. It's time to unlock some of the best-kept secrets in health, wealth, and happiness. Are you ready to live your life to the fullest and hear insider tips from today's experts? Then tune in to The Forbes Factor with celebrity TV host and inspirational icon, Forbes Riley. She's a best-selling author and TV fitness expert, and you know her from Q and HSN. Now she brings her expert advice and guests to the Voice America Influencers Channel. Tune in live every Tuesday at noon Pacific Time at 3 p.m. Eastern Time for the Forbes Factor. We guarantee it will be the best hour of your week. We don't follow, we lead. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. You are listening to Jane Unchained. To reach the show today, call in to 1-866-472-5795. That's 1-866-472-5795. You may also send an email in to News at gmail.com. Now back to the show. So we are talking about the call by Florida's Fish and Wildlife Conservation Commission. I mean, it's almost like a Saturday Night Live skit. The Conservation Commission is saying, go out and kill iguanas. And, you know, we don't, we don't really want to tell you exactly how to do that. What do you want to club them to death or chase them around the yard with a knife? It's almost like a bad Saturday. Please, if Saturday Night Live is watching, do a skit on this because this is really like a, a, a Laurel and Hardy slapstick. But we do have some uh, people on the other side. So let's hear from Eddie Clark. Iguanas are not native to Florida. They are A, invasive snacks. You will want to save the boas. What's your response to that? You know, it's not the iguana's fault uh, that they that they ended up in the Florida ecosystem. They got because of human irresponsibility. And they don't deserve to suffer because of our bad choices. They may not be native, but they're really not doing any harm, aside from, you know, maybe annoying people who are having their landscaping affected. 
That is no excuse for causing these animals to suffer. You know, they may not be as familiar to us as um, as cats or dogs. We we may not um, think about you know cuddling up with an iguana like we would with a sweet little dog like like you know the one who's joining us right now but um that doesn't mean that they don't suffer they feel pain and fear and suffer just like the you know the cats and dogs who uh we we live with at home and love um there is no reason to cause them pain because we think that it's annoying to to you know have 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 to deal with them with our landscaping. No excuse. I find a lot of neighbors annoying. That doesn't <laughs> and, and kill them. Okay. Um, I find a lot of people annoying, but you know what? Uh, that's, that's life. I, a lot of people find me annoying. Um, and that's for sure. Yeah, yeah. Well, exactly. But it's, it's what we, just because we don't enjoy something, if, you know, if, if having the iguanas around, it's not doing anyone any real harm. They should not suffer because they've been, you know, victims of our irresponsibility. It's, it's just, it's, you know, we, we need to deal with this at the source, which as, you know, as we keep saying is the exotic pet trade. We need to cut this off right where it's starting. Um, so yeah. uh, there's, there's uh, I'd say overwhelming majority of people says, you know, we should not go out and just indiscriminately kill iguanas. But one person did say, oh, I hear a lot of stupid remarks here. I'm assuming all of you who want to save the iguanas do not live in Florida, do you? Well, let me answer. We had somebody who called who does live in Florida who wants to save the iguanas. I, I don't think that, that people in Florida are any different from people around the rest of the United States. We have ended up in this sort of keeping up with the Joneses world where we measure ourselves based on, well, is our grass cut a certain way? Is their grass cut a certain way? And I'll give you an example with cleanliness, okay? When we went from the agricultural era to the industrial era, even though you can get pretty dirty in industry, and I read up on this for a book that I wrote, uh, the soap companies realized that people weren't going to be as dirty. And so they realized they had to elevate the cleanliness standard if they wanted to keep selling soap products at the same rate. And this has happened over and over again. Now we're in this high tech world where none of us, basically a lot of people could go through the vast majority of people could go through life without getting dirty. They don't have to get their hands dirty. So now they're keep elevating it to, Oh, you could eat off my floor is the new standard of cleanliness. Meanwhile, all those chemicals that we're using, we are actually using surgical strength chemicals in our households, which is causing uh, a buildup of bacteria resistance because we need to have some bacteria to function in life. That's why when kids are out there playing in the dirt, it's a good thing. So we are suckers. And the same concept is applying to fruits. We want our fruits to be perfect. God forbid they have a bruise. So we have these fruits. Have you ever gone to the airport and bitten into an apple that's not organic and you could taste the chemicals on it? That happened to me. I went to, I went to the airport. I said, oh, I saw an apple. I grabbed it. It wasn't organic. It, was, it looked pretty. Oh, it was beautiful. But when I, I took a bite of it, I tasted the chemicals. So, it was so strong that I spat it out. Because they're coating with chemicals to create a 
perfect apple. Meanwhile, we're poisoning ourselves. So, I mean, there's a certain just self-destructiveness to all this. We've got to change things. I have a great niece who's been vegan from birth, in her 20s, in college, doing great. She said, you know what, Jane? Us kids are only buying vintage. We are not buying any new clothing. And I, because, I, I, you know, I'm not coming from perfection. I'm not coming from up here. I come from down here. I'm, I make a lot of mistakes. I'm not, you know, I, I make mistakes constantly and learn constantly. I listened to her. I said, you're right. No more cheap clothes. So now I'm going to only buy vintage. Uh, I don't know if I can find vintage bras, but <laughs> I I'm going to buy vintage. I'm going to buy vintage clothes. I even went to a vintage place and I had a lot of fun buying a couple of shirts that were vintage. So that's the kind of thing that we need to start doing. We need to start re-examining. Do we need to have poisons uh, right across the street? I think I see somebody uh, putting poison down on the ground. I mean, they, they go and they spray poison everywhere. My neighbor well, you know, black box, okay, and it's rat poison. And I said to him, look, and it's all over our neighborhood. It's all over every neighborhood in California. Every time you see a black box with a hole, yeah, that's rat poison. Okay, so yeah. the rats go in and they get poisoned. And then the squirrels that eat the rat or, or the birds that pick birds, on the rats yeah. die. And it goes all the way up the ecosystem. And meanwhile, then we've got coyotes dying and we've got uh, uh, cougars dying. We've got mountain lions dying from poison. When they die and they do autopsies, they find the rat poison in them. Totally. What are we doing? We're killing everything. But I am so glad that you brought up your niece in college because that, that to me is, um, you know, is, is, is where we see a lot of, um, a lot of hope. The younger generation is so educated and um, just they, they look at animals in a totally different way. They've, they've, they've grown up with, um, with, you know, vegan food. They've grown up with a much more uh, savvy perspective on the environment, on animals, on, you know, just on, um, you know, on making good decisions. And, you know, I mean, for instance, on the topic we've been talking about, younger generation, they are not interested in hunting. I mean, the numbers of people who hunt have just dropped so drastically. And, you know, of course, the hunting lobby is freaking out about it and trying to like promote it as much as they can. But I really do think that's where we see, you know, a, a, you know, a, a wonderful shift happening. Um, younger generations want to be able to make ethical choices. They want you know, they want vegan food, they want, um, you know, high tech animal free clothing, they want, um, they want to enjoy the environment, they want to appreciate the environment, they don't want to go out and, and, you know, kill animals, they, they, you know, they want to see wildlife photography, they want to go into like beautiful undisturbed ecosystems. So I think that we're seeing such a great shift with the younger generation and their attitude towards this sort of thing. Yeah, and I just want to say, call again. We are doing an entire hour on the iguana slaughter that the Florida government is calling for. And um, actually, I had it on both sides, but this is the better one. 850-488-3831. Ask for Kit Froelich. 850-488-3831. Ask for Kip Froelich. 850-488-3831. Ask for Kip Froelich. Call 
These poor animals cannot speak for themselves. And if you care about kids, too, kids will be traumatized walking down the street to school and seeing people on their front lawns clubbing iguanas to death. And the idea that this commission that purports to be a conservation commission has not even taken moves to ban the sale of iguanas. So they're selling them in Florida while they're calling for this mass clubbing or slaughter. It's beyond comprehension. And we invite Kip Froelich and the Florida Fish and Wildlife Conservation Commission on anytime, anytime, along with anybody who's involved in this story whatsoever, anybody from pet shops, we would love to dialogue with you. But uh, I got to say that we have to change our mentality or we're going down. We've only got 10 years. You know, they say as we wrap up that people only get really uh, concerned about climate change when it starts to hit them. Well, it's starting to hit. It's starting to hit people uh, where they're losing their homes to fires and floods and other disasters. So, uh, Ashley, uh, 30 seconds, just your final thoughts. Well, Jane, thank you so much for covering this topic. I hope people will continue to call in and ask the Wildlife Commission to um, make better decisions about this and to tackle the exotic pet trade. And anyone who wants to learn more about the horrors of the exotic pet trade can visit PETA's website, PETA.org. Um, there is so much cruelty there. And, um, you know, it's, it, it doesn't stop here. I mean, there, there are just horrible things that happen to these animals behind the scenes. And I think my cat just decided to join us for the end. Of- <laughs> sweet. Yes. Well, we have to just take that circle of compassion that we have for our dogs and our cats, uh, except we also, our society does abandon them when they become older and convenient, uh, which is another horror. But we have to expand our circle of compassion to other beings. Iguan- these iguanas did nothing wrong. People did something wrong. People had them as pets and then let them go. People are profiting off the sale of iguana. So we should criminalize the sale of iguanas, in my opinion. This is just my editorial. And uh, certainly pass a law in Florida and really across the United States to ban the sale of them. And then we wouldn't have the problem, I believe. And then the rest of them could go to a sanctuary and we could have a great tourist destination. Somebody, if you're watching in Florida, you could take a couple, few acres and make a, an iguana sanctuary. Go out and save these poor animals before, uh, you know, Joe Schmo down the street runs out of his house with uh, a club. Uh, it, wow. And before his neighbor goes out to, to buy one, the exotic pet trade needs to go. It's, it's just a nightmare in so many ways. It really is. All right, Ashley, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you all watching uh, on your mobile devices. Anytime I look down, I'm sharing, share this video. Uh, Call your friends in Florida. And one last time, call Kip, 850-488-3831. And just say no. Just say no to clubbing iguanas and say yes to banning the sale of them in Florida. Okay, talk to you soon. Bye. Thank you so much, Jane. Thank you for tuning in to Jane Unchained. We hope you'll join Jane Velez Mitchell for the next edition of her program next Monday at 1 p.m. Eastern Time and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Meanwhile, have a peaceful week.